Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Trick Talks. My name is Barbara Lally and today we are going to speak to Kirby. So we're going to give Kirby a few moments to join in on the live and then we're going to get started. Okay, I see her. <laughs> okay. Hi! Hey, hi Barbara. Hi, it's nice to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you too. So are you ready to get started? Yeah, definitely. Okay, so tell me a little bit about your trick you know where did you start pulling from how old were you things like that um okay so i started pulling when i was in the second grade so i was about like eight years old um and it really started to like i remember like i was sitting in class and i was pulling out chunks not even this side it was actually this side chunks of my hair like near my ear on this side and um yeah, I remember, like, there was a lot of stress, like, with school, stuff at home, that I was, like, I had, like, a fear, I was scared for whatever reason, and I just remember, like, just coping that way by pulling my hair out, mm -hmm. and that was around that time, like, when I was in second grade, especially, like, in school, I guess because I thought, like, school was going to be, like, really hard, and then, like, certain things that was going on in my life, like having a strict parent, and I was in a very strict religion, and that's really what I feel started, why I started pulling my hair out. Mm -hmm. And so how long after you started pulling, maybe someone noticed and say, hey, what did you do? Um, actually... So was I was pulling my hair and I was hiding it. Like I was not very forthcoming with it. I was being very secretive about it, even though like, you know, when you're a kid and you try to hide something and it's not really, you're not able to really hide it because you're doing it a kid way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so like, I remember during circle time and I also had like a, a kind of like a strict teacher and I was scared of her. So First, I started pulling from my scalp, and then I started pulling from my eyebrow. And I pulled from my eyebrow. Like, now I get my eyebrows, like, threaded and arched and, you know, all that. But as a younger child, I had, like, you know, a little unibrow going on. Like, we have very thick eyebrows in my family. So it was not hard to notice a whole, like, bald spot in my eyebrow. And... Mm -hmm. I did it all in like one sitting in front of my teacher during circle time in the morning. And I remember my teacher saying like, uh, Kirby, go to the nurse's office. And I was like, okay. And then the next thing I knew I was sitting there for quite some time and my mom showed up and I was like, 
Mm. You know, and then they were like, my mom was like, oh my God, because she saw like this whole spot missing. And she was like, oh my God, what happened to your eyebrow? And then like, because me being scared, I didn't say anything. I wasn't very forthcoming about why I was, you know, or that I was actually doing it myself. And yeah, so that was a whole thing. And <laughs> I remember like them kind of like, my mom kind of like searching the classroom and kind of like, is there something in here? She's alert. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm just looking like, oh, I was doing this on my own accord. Like there's nothing in here that's going on. There's no coronavirus. The coronavirus is not even <laughs> a mm -hmm. thing. But yeah. So I was just, I had extreme anxiety when I was younger. So yeah. And I, I had a similar response when I was asked about it. I'm like, oh, I have no idea. Like, I don't know when I do it. You know, I, I, I felt similar to you where I had this feeling of like, I'm not trying to get in trouble. And I feel like I will. When did you tell your parents that, you know, if you told them kind of right away? Or when did you tell them, um, of, you know, I'm doing it and I know it? Um, it took me quite some time because I was really scared of my mom. So I, my mom is very strict or was very strict and, you know, kind of whatever. Still now I grew up in a very strict religion and then me being in the second grade at that time, I had a very strict teacher. So it was just a lot of strictness. So it took me until like I was about fifth or sixth grade, maybe that was actually very forthcoming about saying like, Hey, I'm doing this to myself. Now, did they already know? Yes. But did I actively get the courage to outright say it? It probably wasn't until about may maybe fourth grade. Um, but definitely, cause I ended up diagnosing myself. Um, I, my, I remember my mom taking me to like three or four doctors. They asked me, I lied about it. I said, I don't know what's going on. They thought maybe I had alopecia. Mm -hmm. And, and when they explained what alopecia was, I was like, oh no, that's not it because I'm doing this to myself. It's not just falling out on my hair's not falling out on its own. I'm pulling it out. Mm -hmm. You know, I was smart enough to know that, but I wasn't brave enough or courageous enough to say, I'm doing this to myself. You know what I mean? Because I did think that I was going to get in a lot of trouble for doing that. And mm -hmm. I couldn't even understand why I was doing it. I, you know, it was just, it's, just, it's very strange when you're very, when you're that young. Like, I was only eight, mm -hmm. you know? So, yeah, I, like I said, I ended up diagnosing myself when I was in the fourth grade. Mm -hmm. And that was because I, went on ask jeeves i don't know how old you are i'm 33 i went on ask jeeves and i typed in why do i pull my hair out or i pull my hair or something like that and it was like a woman who wrote something and she was in the uk it wasn't even here in the states there was very few things that populated that came up on the search engine now maybe that's because it was ask jeeves i don't even know if google was a thing mm -hmm. um I want to say that Google wasn't a thing. It was Ash Jeeves or Yahoo. Or, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. So, yeah, like I, and I remember thinking, like, I didn't even know how to pronounce it. I just knew how to write it. Mm 
So I was just like, oh, this is what I have. This is what it's called. And it was from a woman in the UK that had a, that she, that she was doing it herself. Wow. How did it feel finding that name? Like finding the label? It was very relieving because I felt like an alien. I felt like I was the only one that was doing it. I knew no one else that had that issue. Even the doctors that my mom had taken me to, no one was saying like, oh, this is this is a possibility. You know what I'm saying? It was all like alopecia or some other type of hair disorder, not trichotillomania. Mm -hmm. So it was it was it was like relieving for me to know that so when someone else like a, a medical professional would ask me like oh what's going on with that i would tell them or even a psychologist i would say oh i suffer from a disorder called trichotillomania and, and then but that's that was years later you know mm -hmm. what i mean they're like oh okay i've actually heard about that or i know a little bit about that or i might need to do some research in that and they'll be like oh okay i know what you're talking about now mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so throughout your to different like therapists and psychologists or was that something that you did when you were little when you know mom and you were trying to first figure it out um see you know honestly I didn't go to any therapists or any counselors or anything like that um it wasn't until I ended up um this is like back in 2000 12, 13-ish, where I was kind of having some, like, just, a, like, a depression spout or whatever, and I was like, okay, well, I have insurance, let me go see somebody, but, like, that was one time where I went to go see somebody, and then, like, they just put me on some medication, and I took it for, like, not even a whole month, you know what I mean, mm -hmm. and I think I mentioned it to them, and it wasn't until that I got pregnant, and after having my baby and um i went mute where i didn't talk my mom said that i did that when i was younger that i went mute and i did i like they went on vacation for like a week and i stayed with my auntie and they my auntie claimed that i didn't talk for the whole time that my parents were gone because i couldn't understand that they left to go on vacation and they were going to come back i thought they just left so my mom said that i went mute during that time so after having my daughter, for some reason, I went mute. I don't, if it wasn't my dad telling me, he's like, okay, maybe you should go see somebody. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't have like actually gone to see somebody, but that was the first time really, I think that I was like, you know what? I suffer from this disorder called trichotillomania. And she's like, oh yeah, I'm very aware of that and different things like that but honestly and this is a thing in the black community and i'm just gonna be very transparent with you because i want to you know yeah. black white cuban asian whatever nationality dealing with this disorder doesn't matter what your skin color is like going to the doctor unless you're on your deathbed in some black family households like <laughs> Why are we going to the doctor unless there's like you're on your deathbed? <laughs> mm -hmm. So that's kind of like how it was for me. Uh, yeah. So like me going mute was the only reason why I even went to go see a therapist again outside of that one random time I went to go see somebody. Mm -hmm. And um, 
you know, she, like I said, she was aware of it. I saw her for maybe like two, one or two months. They immediately wanted to put me on medication again. And I just wasn't very uh, disciplined and structured enough to stay consistent with even trying to be on medication. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of just like stopped going to her. Mm-hmm. And that was back in 2015. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes so. I feel like there is struggle with going just because they might not even know. You know, so many people that I've spoken to have gone to the therapist and we're the ones educating them. So that's yeah. hard to go. You know, I'm happy that with her, you know, she had some sort of understanding. Sometimes it's like, what is that? And I'm like, I'm here for you. I'm here to try to get help, you know? Yeah. Yep. Now, as you were growing up, like when you were young, you were eight. as you were growing up in middle school and high school, how did your treatment develop? Um, it actually got worse. So, <clears throat> like, I, I, because I got, people didn't understand what was going on. I was, um, a loner. You know what I mean? Like, I wasn't one of the cool kids or the popular kids or anything like that. So, and not even just because the way I looked, it's just, like, my personality. And I I did have a very – I grew up a Jehovah's Witness. So, that was kind of isolating in itself because you're not allowed to do certain things. So, people kind of, like, look at you as weird. Um, I also grew up in the suburbs. So, like, me being a black – person you know what i mean and then like kind of being like i go to school and they're like oh you talk white oh you're like this and like kind of like that whole thing so i was ostracized on different accounts outside of me just having trich (laughs) so it was just like it just added to it um with the hair pulling and i definitely started with my scalp like i said i started in the second grade when I was pulling out chunks, but I don't know why I was pulling out chunks at first. And then I went to just point out strand by strand. So that was the thing um, growing, like getting older. I just started just pulling out strands, but it was still like enough for it to be very noticeable. Mm -hmm. So I was wearing like headbands in the front because I mostly pulled the front, like the front was like heaven to pull Mm -hmm. from for me. Um, and weaves and extensions and wigs and stuff like that. That was not a thing. I grew up in Indiana, so in the Midwest, you know. So stuff like that back in, this was t- 2001, 2002, you know what I mean? That wasn't that prevalent back in the Midwest like that. It wasn't until I moved to the South growing up in uh, Georgia, my last two years of high school, where it was like, easier to get your hands on wigs and weaves and stuff like that and people who just did hair you know what i mean um that it became a little bit easier and less like i could hide it a little bit better but i just got my hair braided a couple different times when i was in high school growing up in indiana that helps i noticed that with my hair being braided it helped you know so that was the thing but i you know i still found a way to pull and um, when I was pulling my eyebrows out, it was only, like, when I was severely stressed. 
like on a daily basis, I just pull from my scalp. But mm -hmm. like when it was when I was like having an exam or something like that, I'd be pulling from my scalp and my eyebrow, and then it was noticeable. So then I would just take like you know an eyeliner pencil and kind of cover it up and just you know that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Did you ever confide in friends or anyone about your, you know about your trip? Maybe later, did you tell mom about the name and the diagnosis? Yeah, so I did end up telling my parents about the diagnosis um, and telling them that it is trichotillomania. Like I said, that was around like sixth grade. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I can't honestly, I honestly cannot remember the first person I told. Outside of my parents, I can't remember. Maybe my sister. Oh, you know what my sister did that was so sweet? She would be like, anytime she would notice that I was pulling, she would be like, awareness. She's like, awareness, awareness, awareness. So anytime she would say awareness, like we'd be in the kitchen and like we'd be baking or something like that. There was like the first time I really remember her doing it. And we were baking and she's like, awareness. And I was like, oh, she's saying, like, don't pull. Because other people, what they would do is, like, don't do that. Why are you doing that? You know what I mean? And hollering. And that just raised my anxiety more. And I would be like, okay, now I'm going to go, like, hide in the corner and just pull even more. Mm -hmm. But when my sister was like, awareness, I was like, oh, okay. That's really nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Because, you know, there is, I'm going to ask you about your if you get into some sort of trance, like, I kind of get in the zone when I'm doing it. It's kind of hard to snap out of it. I like the awareness, yeah, bringing the awareness back to what am I doing? What are my hands doing? really nice. Yeah. Yeah. So do you get into a zone when you pull? Like, do you feel trance-like sometimes? Yeah, especially, like, when I'm really overwhelmed, I do go into a trance. Even still, like, I'm 33 years old now, so, yeah, like, I still get into a trance. I do actively try to um, catch myself, you know what I mean? Like, I notice that when I get sleepy, that's when it's heightened. I notice that when... Um, if I'm not wearing, like, my wig or, like, a scarf or a hat then I'm just going to pull, even if I'm not stressed. I could be overly excited, and I'll pull. I could be like, you could, I, I could know that tomorrow I'm about to go to Six Flags. It's like the most, I love roller coasters. I love thrills. I like, you know what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. just because I'm super excited, I'm like, mm -hmm. you know? Because I'm like anxiously anticipating that, trip you know what i'm saying so if i'm not wearing something over my my head my scalp in general i'm gonna just start naturally pulling i don't know now at this point i'm quite a bit addicted to it so i just feel like that if if you're a parent or you're a younger individual and you can catch it at a younger age and kind of help put a stop to it, that's the best thing because it goes from being something to show an expression of anxiety to an addiction. Mm -hmm. And 
a while ago, I want to say this is around 2013, I looked at like some brain scans of an individual who does heroin and then an individual who does, who pulls their hair and the same brain signals light up. Wow. So that was really eye opening for me. And like I said, that was back in 2013. And even me, even with me knowing that, and I'm the one with the issue, I still find myself pulling like, I don't consider myself a heroin addict, but mm -hmm. I'm addicted to pulling my hair. Like, I enjoy the feeling. And like, there's a lot of people that will say, oh, well, why don't you just pull a hair on a doll or, you know, on a stuffed animal or something like that. And I'm like, but I can't feel it. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> I'm addicted to the feeling, not the action of it. It's the feeling. Now, you know, it's really strange. Like, Barbara, okay, like, I want to ask you some questions, too. Okay. Okay, yeah. so, like, I don't know. Do you have a boyfriend or have you had a boyfriend? Yes. That like, yeah. pulls? That, that he pulls or that I knows I do? That um, well, what I'm asking is, like, do, do they let you pull on them? Like, pull um, their hair? So, if there's a lash or an eyebrow out of place, I'm trying to get the tweezers and pull that out. But I find someone on a trick talk who mentioned, like, oh, yeah, I did it one time, and then I did it, or their friend did it to them, and they start to like it. So, I'm scared that I'm going to make him like the feeling if I, if I kind of leave it alone oh okay you know what that's that's actually true so um I always thought that like I wasn't because there's you know comments that are being said like oh if you keep doing that you'll never be able to get a boyfriend or whatever so for a while I did you know I thought I kind of couldn't so when I finally did get a boyfriend I was just like ooh. so he had like facial hair and he had he had locks okay it was a black guy he had like locks like bomb barley okay so like he would see me pulling and like uh, this is kind of like embarrassing to say or, or, or his, like if he knew I said this he'd probably be like oh my god I can't believe you told him that but he started crying <laughs> yeah because he was like oh my god you're like mutilating yourself and I'm just like oh god I've never thought about it that that way but you know whatever he's like I'd rather you do it to me versus you do it to yourself so I was like okay I'm like but I can't feel it but you know it's kind of a little, it's a little twisted. I'm not going to lie. It's a little twisted. But he, like, let me pull, like, his facial hair. And then he was like, oh, my God. He was like, I can kind of see why you do this. Because mm -hmm. he started to kind of, like, he was like, he said that he already kind of, like, twisted and tugged. But he wasn't actually pulling out. So it wasn't until he was like, Oh, like there's a method to your madness. Like you're not just pulling to pull. You're like, there's a way you pull and there's certain hairs that you're going after to pull, mm -hmm. you know? So like, I wasn't able to articulate that because I never thought about it like that because I was just doing it. Mm -hmm. So when he said, he's like, oh, like he started breaking it down and analyzing it. And I was just like, okay. And like, I was like, <laughs> uh, I think I was, I had just turned 21. I just turned 21 like went around that time so I just thought that was really interesting he kind of helped me like understand myself in that whole process of doing that 
Yeah. My friend, she had eyelash extension. And during COVID, she couldn't get them, like, touched up. So she was pulling them out. And she said she would pull out some eyelashes with it. And she's like, oh, this does feel good. I said, you know, she could see now, like you said, feeling that itch and the relief that you get when you pull the curtain, lash out or not out. Yeah. It's like a feel-good pain. Oh, yes. Yeah, there's a part of me. I'm sorry, and I've done this there's a part of me there's a lot of me that likes it I like yeah. the process of it. I like how it feels um, you know do I like how I look sometimes no but you know that's the whole thing that's like the, the battle we face um, but have there been I know for me my tricks kind of come up now sometimes I'm pulling like crazy like all the eyelashes are gone all the months there other times doing pretty good maybe Yeah, I want to say a lot of times in the summertime, I don't pull that often because I stay really active. Also, too, I like to do a lot of arts and crafts. Um, so anytime I'm keeping my hands busy a lot, I don't do, I don't pull that often. Also, too, like when I wear my wigs and extensions and stuff like that, definitely helps. Um, so, but even if I wasn't wearing like my hair in a certain type of protective hairstyle, definitely when I keep my hands busy is like the time. Now, I'm not a fidget person. Okay, even though I fidget a lot, <laughs> I'm not like disciplined and structured enough to like. Oh, let me go get like a little fidget toy. No. Uh, hold on, I'm sorry. What's wrong? Okay. Yes, go ahead. Sorry, my daughter. She's like, okay. mommy, can I? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Um. No, keep on. Oh, I was just going to say that, like, what, um, I even bought, like, one of those, um, not a Keen, it was a Pavlock, the Pavlock bracelet. Girl, do you know I spent, like, $500? Because I got two, because I pulled on both hands. Uh -huh. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I activated one, didn't activate the other one. Wore one of them and then, like, wasn't consistent enough with putting it back onto my wrist because I like getting in and out the shower. Mm -hmm. I, they're sitting on my dresser right now to this day. Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah, you know, you yeah. try. That's the best part. That's how I try to look at it. Sometimes I do the same thing. I, and it works for like a few hours, and then I'm like, Ooh. yeah, yeah. Now, I'm getting to that age where children aren't that far away. But I'm so curious for people who have children if your trick changed at all while you're pregnant or after you gave If you noticed any difference. Um, well, for me personally, my pregnancy was unplanned. So my anxiety was through the roof. So I definitely pulled a lot after I had my child. Uh, moderately during my pregnancy, but my hair grew a lot during my pregnancy, 
And then after I had her, it was just like tugging, 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 tugging. So like a lot in the front. I even have a picture still posted on my Instagram account. And it just shows like, I kind of made like fun of it, light of it. Um, you know what I mean? Just because like, I don't beat myself up too much about it anymore. I just don't see the point. Because at the end of the day, I love myself. I value myself. I still see my worth. I still have a purpose. I still bring value in life and light to this world. Um, and this, even though I do have like my bouts of, you know, feeling low or whatever, but I say that to say that like, after me having my child, because of the circumstances, I pulled a whole awful lot. Like, it was bad. Like, my, I grew my hair a lot, and then it was just, like, in one month, I just ripped it all out. You know, a lot in the front. Not all of it, but, like, a lot in the front. So, um, I imagine in somebody else's di different circumstances, whether it was planned or unplanned or somewhere in between, um... It could be different, but for me personally, I pulled I pulled a lot because, mm -hmm. you know, and also too, I think it had to do a lot with like, I was in this religion and the strict rules and like the guilt and the shame that came along with having a baby out of wedlock and things like that is what was like making me pull, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So if I didn't have all that, I don't think I would have pulled to the extent that I did. Mm -hmm. Now you have a YouTube and you have you have the YouTube oh yeah yeah channel uh -huh. and you have the Instagram. What led you to create those accounts and those videos and posts? Being so open about your channel, it sounds like before you were really quiet about it. When did that change for you? Um, like when I I had gotten kicked out of my house, of my parents' house, and then like. I kind of experienced the world and, and saw the world a little bit different outside of being so sheltered. And I saw that even without the community that I was so in tight niche with that, like there's still good people out here. Like it's not just in the religion I'm in, you know, so that, that kind of helped and like people really, you know, are kind hearted and genuine and stuff like that. So I saw that. And then I was like, you know what? Instagram, it's not like Facebook. I don't have to put my whole government out there. You know what I'm saying? Like I can, I can make up a profile name and I can just say, I could post a picture and it's not my close families and friends. You know what I mean? I can just post a picture out here, hashtag it and see who responds to it. And I've always kind of been a bold person anyway. Um, I was just kind of like, mm, I'm going to let my freak flag fly. I know that not everybody has that. And I didn't have that initially. It, it took some time. But also, too, like I said, I growing up, I had to recognize my worth at an early age, at eight. Also, too, like even though my religion was strict, it did give me the spiritual foundation. You know, I'm no longer religious. I'm still spiritual. But it gave me the spiritual foundation like, okay, my grand, my grand creator loves me, adores me, and values me. And even though my parents don't know how to 
express it the right way. I know that they love me and value me and adore me too. And guess what? I think I'm a cool freaking person. Mm -hmm. despite me doing this one thing so i was just like you know what there's a lot of people out here i imagine so because like i said i diagnosed myself i just came to conclusions like okay and there's this lady in uk saying that she's doing it and that was when i was like third fourth grade now here it is 2012 and there's instagram and it's anonymous, sort of. Well, why not? What, what, like, what's gonna hurt me? You know what I'm saying? Like, when's someone gonna beat me? No. So let me just put myself out there. The good, bad, and the ugly. So I showed what I look like with the wig. I showed uh, what I look like with after I just got done pulling. I showed the process. You know what I'm saying? So because I felt like it was an anonymous thing, it gave me the courage to put myself out there like that. Mm -hmm. um, and then I got in a huge, amazing response that I didn't even know what to do with. <laughs> yeah, that's why. Because there wasn't too many people doing it. There was, there was quite a few, but there wasn't that many. You know, I was getting hits from people internationally. I did not expect that. You know, Greece, Israel, Africa, like Australia, you know, even like when I like kind of went to uh, Facebook groups and stuff like that. I remember I posted a map. I was like, oh, okay, where's the Tristers at worldwide? Like, where's my Tristers at? I think that's where I said. And mm -hmm. I got hit. I got hit for a month straight. Like, I had to turn off the notifications. That's awesome. Yeah, it was like that many people, you know, like especially like the first week, it was just like ding, 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 ding. And I was like, whoa, like I don't even. <laughs> and I was still getting hit like a whole like month later. And that was on like some Facebook group that I had joined or whatever. And I had posted it originally on the Instagram account. And then I was like, well, let me post it on this Facebook group. You know, and then I was trying to do something with it then. I'm still trying to do something with it now. I love the fact that you're trying to do something with it too as well and informing people, you know, um, you know, and then like, oh, I remember back in, I know I'm kind of going all over the place. Sorry. I'm like that. But um, I remember back in, uh, I want to say it was like 2010. This is what the guy I was telling you about, like my first boyfriend that like I told. And I, um, found out about TLC and I know you're doing like a fundraiser with them right now. And this is like in the beginning stages or maybe for me, what I knew was beginning stages of like really them coming like off the ground and stuff like that and getting their name known out there. Um, I talked to one of the women, gosh, I forget her name, but the woman who started it. Okay. And I called her and I talked to her for like almost 45 minutes to an hour on the phone and I was just, like, telling her my story, my situation. And she was just like, you know, you should come here and this, that, and the third and come to the convention. I've never been to one. I wanted to originally, but then I got to a point where, like, I no longer was beating myself up about it. I got to the point where, like, okay. And not to say, like, I think for young individuals, they should definitely still go. Me, now being 30 years old, I would go, still go to one, but it's not like a, I, it's not a major thing for me. Now it's not like for me to go sit in a circle with people and be like, kumbaya, 
I got this. I'm not doing that. Like, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just so over it. Like, yes, I do it. Does it suck? Yeah. But at the end of the day, I, there's a lot of other stuff that I just enjoy about life and enjoy about myself where I don't need or have to do that. Mm -hmm. I'm only looking for a solution. Do I want to stop pulling? Absolutely. Do I want to have my own natural real hair and not be able to have the earth pull it? Yes. You know what I mean? I'm looking for solutions. I don't, I don't want to cry about it. I don't want to talk about it and like, well, in, in, in that, in that kind of way, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. so, I'm just looking for solutions now. And that's why that's why I started the um my YouTube channel because I was like you know what I noticed that when I wear a wig when I when I eat healthy and when I do these things my hair not only just grows back but I don't pull as often I don't mm -hmm. I don't do these things you know um my biggest challenge is, is that I've 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 never been a disciplined or structured person. So that is something that I have to work on. And it's not just with the pulling, it's just in every aspect of my life. Um, even like today, today was a very manic day. Um, it took a lot for me to even come on here just because there's stuff going on in my life. Like I said, I'm a single mother. Um, it, it, and it's hard, it's like wigs and extensions, they're expensive. You know, not only do I have to pay rent, not only do I have utilities and stuff to pay, like, bills and expenses, you know what I mean, on top of me being a single mother and having a child, you know what I mean? It's just, like, it's always something. So, where there's a will, there's a way, and I find ways, you know, to get through what I need to get through. And, and when I have, like, my hair and stuff like that, and I look good and I feel good, I excel. And that's my biggest thing is like, okay, let me at least do the first step in this program that I, I came up with that I know works with regrowing hair back. I may not know how to uh, necessarily help individuals stop pulling initially because I haven't had the finances to get there, but I've done the research you know what I'm saying? So there's behavioral reverse therapy. There's medical hypnosis. Okay, you know, that may help some people. That may not help some But that's one thing that I'm really interested in. I I want to, have you ever heard of that? I have. Yeah. I'm scared of it a little bit. <gasps> really? No. See, like, what I want to do is, like, I want, I want, I want a, hip, a, a very reputable educated hypnosis that has like good reviews and success stories you know because there's some people who like get hypnotized out of stop smoking and stuff like that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i want to be able to get an individual like that and see like if it works like i'm willing to put myself out there yeah. <laughs> and try it you know what i mean like i just the behavior reverse therapy maybe that could be a thing i don't know you know, I feel like that could be a thing for an individual that's younger. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, um, otherwise, it's, you know, like I said, where there's a will, there's a way. And you have you yourself as an individual has to find a way. And so and I do, too. So and I'm still highly addicted to pulling. 
you know, I don't know. Are you still? Oh, yeah. I just pulled a bunch of yesterday. You know, okay. I, I think you receive messages about people saying, how do I stop? When I respond, I say, well, I haven't. <laughs> My daughter, she wants, she's, <laughs> she Hello. wants to give a video. You want to say hi? Hi. <laughs> Yeah, she showed me. She just drew some pictures that she just showed me. Okay, you want to keep drawing? My mommy finishes. The okay, she wants me to show you guys. This is popcorn. Love, that's great. Isn't that cute? That's actually pretty good. Um, and this is a little uh, mermaid. Beautiful. And this looks like an ice cream cone with a face and some bunny ears or something. Oh, it's cute. Like, oh, oh, it's cherry, cherries or something. Oh, it's headphones. It's headphones. Oh, nice. Okay, okay. All right, let mommy finish up. Okay. All right. Good job. Baby. <laughs> Thank you. So yes, I pull all the time. I um, messages from people that say kind of in that beginning phase of how I felt. How do I stop? Now I'm like, I still do it. I haven't stopped. You receive messages like that. Yeah, I definitely do. I still get messages like that. Not so much anymore. Um, I did a lot, like, before, um, I want to say 2018, and then, like, when I had first started. But then, like, I had, like, a a traumatic breakup in 2018 and I kind of just like fell off the face of the earth a little bit. And mm -hmm. that sent me in another frenzy of pulling. Mm -hmm. So, um, that was a thing. So I kind of like, I, there was a lot of stuff that I was like starting. Like I, I really went in and I was like getting the 501 C three status and stuff like that, or going about it. And then like, that breakup happened and it broke me. It mm -hmm. broke me. I rebuilt myself, um, but it. I'm just now, and that was three years ago. I'm mm -hmm. just now kind of like, okay, <laughs> getting back into the scene and coming back into like helping individuals. Now, I still like have people reach out to me and I still will like answer my phone or respond to them. Like there was one girl, I don't, I don't want to say her name because I don't want to, you know, call her out or anything, and she like be embarrassed. But like, she she had prom, and then like you know she wore glasses, but she pulled her lashes. So I got her like some nice lashes that could go with her glasses, and then like yeah, she was like super happy about that. Like that was like my little contribution that I could do myself, and that was just a, a very very small fraction of what my goal was like. And the first step, it would be to find uh, Kelly's. She's pushing down the chair on my on my computer chair. <laughs> so I'm like going down. She thinks that's cute. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, no, sweetie. She. Okay, I. You're the smallest baby. Um, <laughs> she just loves attention. All right, you can sit, you can sit here. Um, 
like the first step of the program would have been like to receive some type of temporary solution, whether that be like wig or extensions or lashes or even money towards, you know, what is it called? Um, Microdermabrasion? Mm -hmm. or, um, um, yeah, the microblade. Yeah, microblading. Yeah, microblading. What am I saying? So that that was you know my goal as far as that at least in the first step with the nonprofit and receiving donations and stuff like that and me being here in atlanta georgia you know there's a lot of individuals and influences and opportunities that are like around you know where it would be somewhat easy i don't maybe not easy but like there's a lot of opportunities out here where I could get that going. And I still plan on doing that. It's just that, like I said, I had already had struggled with um, staying structured and disciplined, one. And then two, like I went through like that three year period of kind of like rebuilding myself after that breakup because like it <laughs> broke me. But I'm glad I went through it because I learned a lot. I learned a whole awful lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What would be that you would give to someone who is kind of ready to share but a little nervous still um work on self-love work on knowing your self-worth um even me just now like i'm like oh god barbara's like probably thinking i'm all over the place but guess what i don't care no not that i don't care but like I know that I'm still bringing value. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So as long as you're not being an ugly person, you know what I mean? Like that. And you're still doing what you need to do as an individual to take care of yourself. I think self-care is the biggest, biggest, that is the biggest lesson I had to learn in my life. Self-care and self-love. Work on that. If you're not able to put yourself out there like that, fine so be it but you need to at least have self-care and self-love because i yeah i had like these boyfriends and even my parents and this that and the third whatever you're the only person that can really love and cherish yourself the way that you really need to you have to reparent yourself you have to like, find the things that you do like about yourself. That's what I did. Now, I know that not everybody initially has that type of mindset. I don't know how I necessarily cultivated, but I did. I feel like me having that spiritual background helped me because I learned that, like, God loves you. And I had to learn the Bible from front to back. I wasn't like just listening to a preacher. I, like I had a serious religion where I had to know the Bible. <laughs> so that did help me despite the strictness that was involved with it. You know, dismiss, dismiss the bad. Mm -hmm. Don't look at the bad because you're going to get it, period, outside in the world anyways just hold on to the good for yourself at least yeah. <laughs> and that's what I had to do and that's what I did do and then I just did that I'm like you know what I you know just just even just hearing people like oh Kirby you created this cool like thing this is cool this is cute like I had to think like you know what I'm really not that 
you know, lame or that dumb or that bad or that ugly or that this, you know what I mean? Like these things that we tell ourselves, like I'm actually a cool, genuine, kind hearted, friendly person, you know? So I held on to those things. And even if I'm not that for someone else, I didn't care. I stopped. I just stopped caring. I genuinely stopped caring because it's like, I like this. This is cool. This, this is something that is valuable, if not to someone else, at least to God. That's, mm -hmm. that's what I had for myself. And I know not everybody believes in God, but I believed in myself. You know, I had, I just had that. Wow. No, I love talking so many points that you brought up that are things that I now I use in my everyday life. Like whoever watches and listens to them, they're going to get so much out of it. So I just love your mindset. I love that you're like, you know, it's just thing that I do. I'm addicted to Hey, look, I love all these other Because I do feel like for some people and for me when I was younger, it took over everything. Yeah. But you're not letting it. I love it. Um, I'm not, I'm not letting it overall because there are times in long periods of times where I did let it control. I'm not going to sit there and lie and say that it didn't. Um, but I just, I like wake up. No, like I refuse to live a mediocre life. I refuse to like continue on like this. Like, no, there's too many options. There's too many solutions. There's too many ways out, opportunities. So, and then like, we're living in a great time right now. You know what I mean? We have the age of information. It's great that we have the ability. I don't even know where you are. I'm in um, Atlanta, Georgia, area you're in a whole nother place you know what i mean it's great that i was able to even start my instagram page that yeah i had a youtube channel and i had other i had other uh videos that i had posted that they were like embarrassing to me so i was like oh let me take this down <laughs> like <laughs> you know so and, like i have one that's like that like kind of catered to trick and telling me now and i i do moving forward, I want to put out more videos out there like that. Um, but it took like the first steps and like, yeah, I had to embarrass myself. What are you going to do? Kill me? What are you going to do? Spank me? What are you going to do? Make fun of me? Ooh, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you said I'm bald headed. No. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like what? am I going to die? No. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to die. <laughs> like, that's, like, what I really had to tell myself. Like, no, I'm not. Like, did I accept your words? No. Like, did I hear them? What kind of person? Like, when you think about it, and when you're talking to someone else, do you actively tear them down? No. I'm going to be like, no. You just made a mistake. It's okay. You can fix it. You're beautiful. You're wonderful. I love you. I value you. You're going to say those things to your friends or even just somebody on the street that you just happen to see having a bad time. Mm -hmm. then, you can, then you get these people on the internet or whatever or a random person that may say one bad thing because they're going through something. They're projecting on you, you know, and it's just kind of like, 
Uh, no. Do you really think that was okay? Do you really feel like, and, you know, like I said, this, this goes back to me believing in a grand creator. Do you really think that that was acceptable to our, to your grand, like if you believe in that, do you really feel like your grand creator think that what you said or what you did to that person is okay? Like hold responsibility. And that's why I renamed my channel on YouTube, Kirby Scruples, because it's like, what manners do you have? What spiritual scruples, what spiritual manners, what, how do you conduct yourself in society? Mm -hmm. Are you okay? Like when you look in the mirror and when you have to hold yourself accountable, are you going to be okay with judgment day or whatever judgment comes upon you? Are you going to be okay with that? Yes. Yeah. So it's just kind of like that whole thing. Like what, what's going, like, are you going to be okay with that? And that's what I had to like kind of, have that mentality like okay and like i said i know that everybody um believes in a um god or, or grand creator or whatever but that's just how i dealt with things it's like okay i don't want to conduct myself that way um and i don't project myself my insecurities onto other people either like mm -hmm. i do realize that like then there was times where i would find myself kind of envious or a little jealous or whatever of other people like oh, how does she have this long hair and she just throws it up in the bun all the time <laughs> you know what I mean and it's just like you know or like she just has this long hair how is she not going like this every five seconds like it it, it blows my mind but that's my trial that's my challenge that I have to deal with right now in this lifetime you know that you know so i had to over overcome that i i do it better some days than others whatever um but yeah like that's just like my mindset and my mentality of it like there's just so many other things that that i can be grateful for mm -hmm. but i know like the sun is going down so it's like getting dark in here <laughs> <laughs> No, but I really enjoyed speaking with you, and I think just like totally fantastic. You have really great energy. That's you know your smile is contagious. Like I just love talking. I feel like I could do it for another like three hours. Um, but you know I would one love to invite you back any time that you'd like, and I do yeah. want to know if we could go to hypnotist. I would like to hear about that. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I do have that like as like a goal a bucket list type of thing that i definitely want to do so that's wonderful well th i thank you so much for being on and being so open and honest and vulnerable about your story I really yes and thanks for inviting me of course i hope to talk to you soon okay all right bye barbara bye bye Kirby. thank you bye